Hey y'all, welcome back to Sign Doubt. Thank you guys for coming back and tuning in again. Uh, this episode is a little confusing, convoluted. convoluted. I speak about some neuroanatomy theories and ideas and concepts that a neuroanatomist that also had an AVM stroke used to explain how the deficits were occurring and how the changes in what I go through and what we, we both went through, how that changes. I mean, sorry, how those changes affect what results. So hang in there and I'll explain what she said to the best of my ability. Um, and maybe I can add some context to what I was trying to type, you know. So this episode is called Like Water. So I had a right brain hemorrhagic insult, also known as my hemorrhagic stroke, was due to my congenital arteriovenous malformation. That is a ball or a noodle, ball of vessels, right, in my brain. And they're thin-walled and they have no, um, like, gauge, uh, like a vent, um, to stop the pressure difference between the arterial system in your body and the vein system in your body. So, essentially... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. It allows the venous system that's supposed to be like the drain where all your blood goes into to have a higher pressure than it actually needs to be. And it's a very unstable area of this pressure. There's no valve. That's what I was looking for. It doesn't have a valve to separate the uh, high pressure arterial system. They don't have a valve to separate that system from the low pressure venous system. And that's how my stroke happened is that there was too much pressure. But this is how she explains it. So it's a right brain hemorrhagic insult, right? The stroke. She says, okay, now that that has happened, this allows character one to go unchecked. So, Dr. Taylor, a neuroanatomist who also had a stroke because of her arteriovenous malformation, used her book, Stroke of Genius, this is not a advertisement, but I read her book, to try and explain what was really going on. She's a neuroanatomist after all, and she also had a stroke during some of the prime time in her life. So, she divided the, essentially divided her different voices in her head or different personalities in her head she named them and I named mine because we all have different personalities we all have alter egos definitely if Beyonce can have Sasha you can have one too not Sasha but someone else and that's how she explains it so it makes it kind of makes sense so for me her name is Cassandra don't know why my therapists and doctors call her impulsive my strokes had increased my impulsivity and created inappropriate reactions to a minority of things. Dr. Jill Taylor described how she changed as a result of her left-sided stroke. She divided 
the brain or the idea of the brain, how the brain functions into different characters. So everyone knows about the left brain and the right brain. But then within the left brain, you have character one and character two. And then within the right brain, we have character three and character four. Now, emotional action or emotional think emotional things happen and thinking things happen, right? You know, head versus heart, that kind of idea. So, and I quote, I take a quote from the book, end quote, I was no longer willing to choose the treadmill of work, 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 pre-stroke. Doesn't that sound familiar? I think I previously had just said that. My left brain character had defined success through the achievement of external reward. Post-stroke, my right brain characters found meaning through internal standards of loving, being loved, and being of service to others. My left brain character had to take over and be the boss again. Although she had been an effective and brilliant part of my life pre-stroke, and I achieved a high level of success under her leadership, I was no longer motivated by the external factors of money and prestige that she valued. In essence, she's saying that she changed. (laughs) Her values changed is what she's saying. So after this quote, I relate to this because of my right brain, the right side of my brain. I had a right thalamus. And I, the right, my right thalamus had an assault, just like how her right side had an assault. Now, according to Dr. Taylor, who herself had a stroke at a young age, my linear thinking, bossy, organized, impatient self, my character one, I named Cassandra, took over my persona and how I navigated life day to day. Per Dr. Taylor's book, Whole Brain Living, we have four characters. Character one which happens to be the left brain get or done character. While characters three and four are more emotional, ethereal, perceptive, and feeling. She describes number four below. So number four, now I'm reading, right? So this is, this is a chart describing this, but it describes how number four has different attributes. Like, like for example, character three is expansive and open and risk-taking and fearless and friendly. Whereas character two is rigid and cautious and fear-based and stern and loves conditionally and has doubts and bullies, right? So essentially, we all have our different personalities that rear their, rear their ugly head when they want to. And that's what she's trying to explain. So in the end, this made sense to me because I kept being called impulsive. I felt mischaracterized because I saw myself as a result as as result as my impulsive impulsivity goodness as being productive, efficient, and direct, right? It's how I got to where I was. It was how I got into med school. It was how I got into grad school and how I survived both. This is common this is common between me and Dr. Taylor. Our character ones gave us much success. It makes sense that my character one, Cassandra, (laughs) and therefore my left brain, was in overdrive since my stroke occurred in my right brain. But oddly, another character, remember she she has four characters, so this character, number three, I call her Berta, has been my predominant modus operandum as of late. I have become more patient and empathetic and present and more artistic and more open-minded. 
I have embraced that is that it is better to flow through life with few attachments and be able to be flexible and accommodate the changes in life, like how water takes the shape of its container, right? So water flows. It goes through things. It goes where it can go. It doesn't try and force anything. It's it's literally flowing. So I got 99 problems. I was assigned to watch a TED Talk and a poignant, profound correlation was made. The less power and thus control we perceive ourselves to have, the more likely we are to ignore problems, even obvious problems. This struck me because my right brain is still recovering because my stroke happened on my right side and recovering well at that. But since Cassandra, remember she's character one, insists on being a girl boss and being a predominant manifestation of my personality, which my left brain, character two, keeps in check via fear. Now, I know this is all a lot, <laughs> but it's it's a really great theory of how these personalities have a role in your overarching personality. And one becomes more predominant than the other based upon where you are in life and based on circumstances. So again, my... We like to call, we will call character two of mine, Maddie. So Maddie's goal is control and predictability. Maddie has a clear definition, definition, excuse me, of what success looks like because she operates from a fear of failure. That's terrifying, but yeah, she does. She focuses on the big win at the end rather than celebrating the little successes along the way. Maddie and Cassandra were driving the ship that is my brain, my ethos, me. So essentially, I was kind of polarized. I had Cassandra, who was like full steam ahead, whereas Maddie was like, I don't know. Should we? Should we not? La, 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 la. I personally find that annoying, but I'm, I can be annoying. So as time for my initial assault, my stroke passed, my fearful character too, Maddie, also became as loud as Cassandra. Cassandra's character one. I know, keep it, keep it straight, keep it straight, keep it straight. <laughs> Cassandra is boss Cassandra. I mean, Cassandra felt like a bossy Cassandra. I don't know. I don't know. But my character three, Berta, is becoming more prominent now. Now, don't forget, my character, I have just four characters. So my character four, Echo, was left unscathed, thankfully, and free to influence the other three characters, but definitely was collaborating with them, Maddie and Cassandra, right? Thanks to a structure known as the Corpus Callosum. Now, this is like, what is she talking about? Essentially, we have two girls on the left and two girls on the right, and you have a left brain and a right brain. And there's the structure in the center of your brain called the corpus callosum. It's a, I can't even describe it. It looks like a mushroom. <laughs> when we dissected, it, it looks like, um, like you cut a portobello mushroom in half and took the top part, just like the, the mushroom part of the mushroom off in a cross-sectional piece. That's what the corpus callosum looks like. But I'm getting into the weeds here. 
So the two sides of the brain correlate and interpret our world together via the corpus callosum. It's a structure of the brain smack dab in the middle of our two brain hemispheres. As time progresses, my four characters, these four characters of mine, will present themselves tactfully, appropriately, and collaboratively. No, this is not dissociative identity disorder, aka multiple personality disorder. This is not that. Just because you have different flavors of yourself doesn't mean you have multiple selves. It's it's mind-boggling. This is the acknowledgement and acceptance that we are multifaceted and complex. By the way, the TED talk that I reference is in my medium, because this is also a medium. My medium is also where I'm putting this story because it reaches more people and some people like reading more than listening. So I, I posted the TED talk because I found it very interesting. The TED talk was actually speaking about passwords and the psychology behind what people choose people choose to put as their password and the kind of like the the thought process behind a password literally so that <laughs> that was a lot so i left it there because this is a lot to digest right so this is essentially me trying to explain and I guess through the explanation that Dr. Taylor tried to use or is did use in that you have four characters of your brain that are constantly collaborating for some kind of end, right? So you have, you know, Bossy Cassandra, you know, is good at being bossy and getting stuff done, but then you have Maddie that keeps Cassandra in check because she's like, hey, be careful, watch it. Let's look around. And you have Sweet Berta and then Hippie Echo, right? Everyone has their role. Everyone has their assignment. Everyone has their assignment, but they all in the end have one global assignment. They have a group project, essentially, that is you. And because of that, that's what um, that's what she's speaking of. Now, I know this one was kind of weird to digest and weird to listen to because I had to kind of step back and explain it better, right? I'm so used, it's terrible, to speaking to other medical professionals, whether it be nurses, other physicians and nurses and whatever. And so I can say these weird words and not have them bat an eye. And they're just like, yeah, cool. But if I'm like, oh yeah, the corpus callosum to a regular person, they're going to be like, what in the world are you talking about? And are you high? Because it's not, it's not normal. That's not normal speech. So this one kind of ran into babbling as I try to explain this really convoluted type of thought process and theory of how when the brain gets jolted and disconnected, how it tries to work itself out essentially and honestly of course Dr. Taylor will ex- does explain it better in her book I think Stroke of Genius Stroke of Genius is where it is and it goes into more depth there and it's just a lot better it's a lot better than what I just said because 
you know, I'm not a neuroanatomist. I am not a neuroscientist. I, that is a very specialized field and they are experts in that field. I am not. So it's going to sound like babbling like this. (laughs) So again, thank you for listening to another episode of Signed Out. I hope to see you and hear you again in the next episode. It will not be like this and very fly over people's heads. It won't. I just thought this was interesting. And I know there are other nerds out there who would find this interesting. So why not share it, you know? Like, if you don't like it, just flip to the next episode. You ain't missing nothing. All right. So, per usual, sleep well, eat well, love well, and be well. Goodbye, folks.